0: Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we'll be discussing recent Zoom uh, Masonic conferences.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own, and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos.
0: I'm Matt Apple, and uh, David Colbeth and I are very worshipful brothers down here in the state of Washington. Um, and we have with us our usual third host, Steve Chung, who's a, a worship brother up in the British Columbia, and our, our usual guest these days, he's practically a host, he's been on enough shows, I think, that uh, most worshipful brother, Barry Birch, who's a past grandmaster of British Columbia in the Yukon. So thank you for joining us here this evening.
1: Good evening. And he's taking the tie off. He's in the ring with the rest of us now. <laughs>
0: now we can tell him what we really think. <laughs> That's right. So uh, just so happens that this weekend there were a series. And so this weekend we're recording this on October 4th, just for the record. So this weekend uh, just passed. There was a series of uh, Masonic events that seemed to, to all happen at about the same time. There was uh, up in British Columbia in the Yukon. There was, what, what was the title of it? Masonic? uh vancouver
2: lodge of education and research sponsors uh, grand masonic day
0: grand masonic day that was it yeah and uh um there's another group that organized the uh esotericism in freemasonry conference which is this is the the fourth year of the conference um so i i guess i'll talk a little bit about that first it's, like i said is the fourth year that they've done it um the first two years it was here in Seattle and I got to go in person and, and see the talks and that sort of stuff. And it, they're really interesting, um, discussions about various things. Uh, last year it was in Portland and unfortunately I couldn't go. And, uh, this year it was virtually because of the, the, the wonders of zoom and COVID. Um, so who, who puts it on? Um, it's just a handful it's of guys. There's a, I know there's a, a, a couple of guys from up in British Columbia and a couple of guys in Portland and it's just sort of the, and, uh, I know know a couple of the guys here from Seattle. I, I'm not sure if I should throw their names around without their <laughs> their permission here, but um, yeah, it's just a, a handful of guys. And they they was in University Lodge a couple times, and it was in a lodge like I said down in Portland last year. And I think it was this year was supposed to be north of the border, but like I said, it got.
3: And and so this is the first year they did it on Zoom.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is the first year on Zoom. And uh, I the la- the first two years when I got to go, it was really interesting. They had like the. Um, The guy who runs the Southern California Lodge of Research magazine was there, and so he was, you know, he had issues in the magazine that you could paw through, and they had discussions on all sorts of things, uh, you know, incense and Freemasonry and um, gardens and gardening and the esoteric meetings behind various gardening uh, plans, and it was really interesting stuff, kind of, well, as one would imagine with a conference name like Esotericism and Freemasonry, it was it was kind of esoteric stuff. It wasn't your, you know, George Washington was a Mason. It was much more, uh, much more, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, well, uh, metaphysical you, kind of stuff.
3: And so <clears throat> having attended these the pa- uh, these in the past in person and on this year in Zoom, um, do you think that it was easier to focus, um, you know, what were the real differences that you saw uh, attending it in the two different fashions?
0: That's an interesting question. So the, the, unfortunately, I missed some of this year's because I was actually doing a presentation for, for our district here on our, in our local lodge leadership retreat. But the part that I I was able to go to was I did like that I had, so this, the, for instance, there was a woman who spoke, uh, Dawn Thiessen, I want to say was her name Thiessen. Then she spoke about um, astrology, and so it was interesting to be able to, when she referenced a website or she referenced a book or something, to be able to go, oh, that's interesting. Tap, 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 and poof, there's a, you know, if you want to do your, your natal astrology chart or whatever it is, there's you could you could do it right there and, and see what she was talking about and, and call up your own materials to to reinforce, which I actually found at least for that one in particular to be really helpful because sometimes. When there are people who are experts in their field they have a tendency to to hair off in one direction and sometimes i have trouble keeping up <laughs> so this way it was nice to be able to to you know pull up the resources and see what it was that she was talking about and sort of educate myself on some of the basics as she was getting deeper and deeper
3: yeah i, still, yeah, I can really see the plus to that uh, being able to do that whereas you couldn't do that if you're alive in a conference. You'd be yep. left wondering, what did he really mean by that? Or, you know, things that puzzle the brain at
0: the time, yeah. Exactly. And the drawback is the drawback with any Zoom thing, right? You don't – you can get to sit around at lunchtime and around a table with seven other guys and or seven other people. It wasn't just restricted to masons. Um, and have, you know, have the discussions that happen or see the guy from the Southern California Lodge of Research and open his magazines and, and say, yeah, I want to subscribe to that or, or whatever. It was uh, – it just – know freemasonry is a fraternity for a reason (laughs) we like to see each other and shake each other's hands and and that sort of good stuff and unfortunately that just isn't a part of the plan the last few months here so i was the biggest drawback i would say right
3: and um so now barry you've also been in in, uh, involved in the grand masonic days before um and so same same kind of question like how it was done um you know do, do you see any serious benefits as to how this it was done this year versus other years
2: well i mean the, the reality is that's this is literally the only way that it can be done and i think um, my experience with with a lot of brothers is you tend you make the best of the circumstances that you're in and uh, uh you, you know the not a huge difference between uh, a PowerPoint presentation when you're present in a PowerPoint presentation when you're online. I mean, the substance is really what what uh, what pulls you together. Uh, I find that uh, with in, in this particular circumstance, brethren ask more questions uh, when they're online than than they do when they're in person. So, um, you know, it's just—it's. I don't know what that, what the explanation for that would be. Perhaps it's, uh, you know, standing up in a in a group of people and facing somebody, um, and, and particularly if the if the question is uh, a challenging one. Um, but I just I found that uh, that this year there were a lot more questions that came uh of the audience than what typically would happen so you well,
3: know, were, there, were, were they coming in the form of chat or through uh raising their hands and and doing a video um uh, question
2: well <laughs> it was uh you know the the request was to use the uh the, the electronic hands hands up um not everybody understood that so you got guys waving at the screen um, and you have guys that in the in the chat so uh, as a matter of fact one of the uh, brethren uh, that was involved in the esoteric conference uh, is the worship master of our Vancouver Lodge of Education and Research so he's pretty experienced with this so we were we're able to uh, to identify he was able to identify those people that had questions um you know, so you you can tell some people are more experienced and a little more comfortable with the technology. Some aren't. There were there were guys that this was the first time they'd ever been on a online meeting, and so there was a little bit of that. Uh, uh, you need to unmute yourself, brother. Yeah, the you know the little thing there. Yeah, that's the one. So there was a little bit of that. Um, you know, so but I mean it's what we have to do to uh to to engage to engage the brethren so sure.
3: so now on to the content of these events uh same question i'll ask for both of you what what was the most the thing that stood out to you most the thing that had the most impact uh for you in the event uh, today
2: well for 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 me we we actually uh we had three main speakers and um uh Brother Ryan Flynn, who is um, uh, he's an artist out of New Hampshire, uh, a very creative artist, but he was talking about uh, the importance of the arts in Freemasonry and how Freemasonry can help promote the arts. Uh, and so uh, he had some really, really interesting uh, examples of, of, of how how art in its broadest sense of the, of the word, uh, you know, visual arts, uh, music, uh, performance, drama, can add a substantial value to the Masonic experience. And of course, you know, that's something uh, that I'm quite partial. When anybody talks about enhancing the Masonic experience, you know, my posture improves, my eyes open up and, and I, I'm all ears. And he had some examples of, of lodge rooms that were you know, functional, uh, not particularly inspiring. And some examples of how a little bit of art made a huge difference in terms of, of the ambiance in the room. Um, uh, Brother Andrew Hammer, who I think you've had on Working Tools before, I believe, Talks about maybe not. Oh well, uh, he's everywhere. Anyway, uh, he talks about the importance of of setting uh, the an environment in a lodge to get everybody uh, to leave everything that's outside the lodge. Just kind of calm down, uh, and he advocates using using music and uh, and a few other few other things. But so again, it's just what can you bring in to enhance that experience and make it more meaningful to to kind of set the stage so that you're in a more contemplative and uh, your mind is open. And so the lessons and the values, the tenets and principles can wash over you and, and you'll receive them in, in a manner that's going to do you the most good. So, so that, that, that to me was really one of the big things from, from today's, uh, Experience. It, you know and ironically there had another brother who was talking about symbology and and how to how to interpret it this a little a little more uh, effectively so so you know when you look at uh, you know a, a Masonic uh, building there's a lot of symbology there a lot of symbolism and you know how you can identify it and what that should be twig in your mind about being a brother and what lesson it's conveying to you so yeah so that was that was really kind of expanded everyone's perspective so
1: I think we'd like to have Andrew on if Andrew happens to be listening, which it's it's a frightful thought that he might be, but if he happens to be listening, I think we'd like to have him on. He was on district 13 uh, vi- video. He wouldn't allow it to be recorded because he talked about some things that were on the edge, I think. And then he was a guest speaker at the lodge leadership retreat two years ago. I think it was, of course, he has the book observing the craft and there's been, I have felt <coughs> a, a surge a surge of interest in, that idea uh for sure over the last couple of years it's it's a it's a nice thing to feel uh it's interesting to see i, I wasn't able to find this year's lineup but i found last year's grammasonic day uh lineup and it sounds uh, i'm going to say esoteric but not it's not Leadership training, or it's not training necessarily. It's education and yeah. that. And so, I, I noticed last year it was in March. Was It normally in the spring, yes, like that, or?
2: yeah. But it, we postponed it because of uh, because of the the current circumstances, and and um, you know, and frankly, we're trying to trying to figure out uh, the best time and the best way uh, to put this forward. You know, there was. If you recall, for sort of the March to May area, it was really uncertain about how things were going to go, what we were going to do, where we were we coming back, where you know that sort of thing. So, so that's so why they put it off. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, put it off until today. Um, you know, I think um, you know Freemasonry, most most jurisdictions, uh, you know, here in in North America, it kind of. After September, things really start to kick into gear again, and uh, so I think that was
1: that was part of the thinking as well to try and line it up. As as Barry alluded, one of the producers of the Masonic the Grand Masonic Day is also sounds like he's connected with the Esoteric Conference. Matt, do you know is was it a desire to bring something to the states, and that's so it's it's in its infancy and they're developing because it sounds. Uh, somewhat similar, although the esoteric obviously has esoteric in its name, and so it's a little more deep or uh, maybe on the edge of other things that may, you know, we might some people may not consider traditional masonry, but certainly lend uh, great background and credibility. But for example, we had uh, a, a worship brother on to talk about Greek myth- mythology on last District 13. And I'm just editing that. We'll have that up on our YouTube channel, It'll, not this one, but District 13's YouTube channel. And that was a fantastic, I mean, I use the word fantasy, fantastic because it has fantasy. And that was truly fantastic information about the Greek mythology and how it connects in masonry and whatnot. But anyway, Matt, is it, do you know, or was it their desire to bring it to the States? And is it, would you, it sounds kind of like the one they have in Canada to some extent. There's education, it's an education day.
0: Uh, you know, I don't. I I don't honestly know the the origins of it. I, I I count myself lucky as getting to go, and I enjoyed going. But I I can't say that I know where the. My guess is a bunch of guys were sitting around having a beer and said, "Yeah, we should get together and have a <laughs> have a conference about this." But I, I I that is purely a supposition on my part.
2: I think I think you, I think you've probably hit it hit it on the head. I I the. Uh, uh, the wishful, current worship master of, our, of my mother lodge is, is quite deeply involved in that. Uh, he speaks frequently. Uh, used to speak frequently in this in the, in your country, and and uh, does does podcasts and all sorts of other things. And so I, I know that uh, it was about three or four years ago. Uh, a couple of brothers from Esoterica came up for or grand masonic day and we're talking about the origins of the lodge and how they basically the culture that they they uh, they wanted to establish and how they conduct their you know their their uh, degrees and their installation and the the manner with which they they operate. And, uh, you know, a number of brethren found it quite appealing because it, it was very, everything was first class and, uh, uh, some, some brethren felt it was a little too far out there for, for, uh, you know, what they were comfortable with. But, but I mean, that's, that's fine. That it goes back to that whole idea of, you know, we're all responsible, uh, f- to make sure that, that, we're getting out of Freemasonry what we want. And, you know, it seems to me it's, it's, it's very reasonable for, for a group of guys to get together and say, look, we're not, you know, we're not totally happy with the culture of the lodge that we're in. Why don't we create the kind of lodge that we want? We'll, f- we'll be within the constitutions and regulations of our jurisdiction, but there's a kind of culture that we want. And uh, so, you know, these kinds of events uh grand masonic days and and conferences and so on i think are really useful because it opens brethren's eyes they can see what the possibilities are and you know get together and uh, put together a lodge in in the manner that you want it to to operate and it it'll looks be like meeting it's your needs uh you know you'll be happier there'll be more joy in the craft and, and all that sort of thing so
1: it looks like it's just the one day, basically nine a m to four or five. Is that generally the format, or is it a more than just that one? Day? Well,
2: usually uh, usually our our formats uh, usually about ten to four. Um, but again, because because this is online, it's it would be really, really, really challenging to spend six hours online. Uh, you know i don't I don't think I don't think guys would would be able to do that. so so this I think this year, we compressed it a little bit. Um, you know, we usually have um, we usually have a debate. Though there'll, there'll be a um, a controversial topic. Um, eight guys will be recruited, and you know, typically how we do this: eight guys are recruited to discuss this topic. Um, it's not determined whether they're going to be for or against, and so they need to. Really think about both sides of this equation, and then, on the day, literally on the day, there's all eight guys up front, and the moderator says, "Okay, you guys, you, 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 and you are for. You guys are against." And so, wow, off they go. And so that you know, we try to have uh, a broad range of things, but these debates, I think, are really uh, are the ones that really get guys lit up. It's just, it's I love that idea. Engaging, yeah.
3: Nothing like a good debate to engage people.
2: Well uh, done Masonically, of course. And um, you know, so I mean you can think there there are some there are some controversial issues in the craft and um uh, no. rather than burying them. I, I know it's a shock. <laughs> Maybe it didn't happen in Washington, but uh, <coughs> no, no, I one. heard there's a jurisdiction somewhere that had one of these. <laughs>
1: I love it. I, I was pr- trying to promote to a couple past grandmasters that I could name, but it won't. Uh, th- an idea of of a I'm gonna totally steal the Grand Masonic Day concept and, and use that wording because we were trying to think of what to call it. We already have our lodge leadership retreat generally would be in March, and so I was trying to think of a fall event. As, you know, probably probably not September because lodges are coming back. Some like you said, but maybe October just before the snow falls. So if you wanted to have it on the other side of the mountains, you wouldn't have to worry too much about the passes, but probably sometime in October. And you'd come in on a Friday night and you'd have a social dinner or social event if you wanted to. And then, but but then there'd be a late night Friday, uh, Friday type of esoteric discussion, you know, kind of sitting around, maybe not with cigars, but you know, sitting around talking about things, and then just like you have in your program, you start real early Saturday morning. You have good breakfast, and speakers and events, and and you're all in one room. You know, you're not breaking out. It's not a breakout deal, right? So you're all learning the same thing. And then yes, there'll be opportunities for social times where you can have a table. Hey, over here we're talk. We're going to talk more deeply about that session that happened at nine, and this one I'm here more deeply about this topic. You could have kind of little breakouts inside the main room. And then go through lunch and dinner, and then have a nice formal thing at the end. And again, guys could stay up, or they could go to bed, and either you know, stay the night or go home Sunday or Saturday. So, totally stealing that, Matt. Let's do it.
0: You're on. <laughs> Although I think October is taken by the Esotericism and in pre- in Masonry Conference, so we'll have to. Who I don't know them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they can. Uh, join. They can join us.
3: It- it- Making it a weekend event actually sounds pretty enticing, when you think about it that way. Um, it's uh, uh, more opportunities to uh, get together as a as a group of guys. So uh, I really like that idea.
1: And and you'd have to, It would be not a cheap event either. I mean, we're talking. What I would love to see is on Saturday night you're in tux tuxes for the dinner and for the event. You know, some some a, a nice again if I, if I went back years ago i'm still i'm still a new guy i think but uh, <laughs> years ago before i was a mason i didn't know what to expect and so i just th- had these ideas of what masonry might be and you think of in my mind i had guys in tuxes and you know
0: formal yeah, dinners
1: yeah. and the, the high flute and type of thing and it, i found found out that it's not that way and that's okay uh, but some lodges are more like that and some aren't at all <laughs> and yeah. so it, every everyone but, has a culture but yeah i mean that 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 you know that
2: goes back that goes back to the to the culture and so you know one of the challenges of course uh, large culture is guys that have been there before are, are you know have more or less established uh, how things are going to go I mean you know, when you travel around the jurisdiction, and, and I mean, it's not a criticism; it's just you know the way it is. You go to some lodges, and um, you know the ambiance, the um, the quality of the table setting, and everything else is pretty pedestrian. And um, you know, I so. And I mean, I know this because my uh, the the lodge where I where I meet that's that's the way it is. It's it's not very uh, inviting, shall we say, when you bring guests in and you're going to have a, you know, you have the grandmaster's visit or a district visit and and you've got uh, lots of people coming in and and so yeah, you, you get the tablecloths, the good tablecloths out and but you know, you're dealing with the, uh, you know, the 87 different versions of cutlery and uh, all that kind of, all that kind of carry on. It's, everything else is classy, except the tables and chairs and the stemware. And, uh, you know, so it just, but, you know, for some lodges, that's, that's okay. Some guys, that's okay. Other lodges say, no, we don't want that. We're not going to eat. We're not going to have any meals in the temple because it's not it's not to the standard that we want. We'll go to this kind of, this restaurant, and that's where we'll do our, uh, our festive boards. So, you know, again, that's brethren decide what, what it is that's important to them and what they want.
0: It's, I've, I've said on this show repeatedly, and I'm sure I'll say it again, because if you ask my children, I'd love to repeat myself. The, uh, the My masonry and your masonry don't have to be the same thing. And that's okay. Just because you know, my lodge does a lot of, whatever, pick a thing, esoteric stuff, and your lodge does a lot of charity stuff, and his lodge does a lot of fraternalism stuff, doesn't make any of those wrong. It just means that they're different. And we could have three lodges meet in the same building and have each have a different approach. And <clears throat> that's a good thing, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be Absolutely. that way. Absolutely.
1: But, Dad, that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said I was, no. I always tell people, especially new guys that are coming, if they, if, if they for whatever reason, seek out my advice, uh, I don't know when that ever switched, uh, but if they ask me for my advice, I say, just do it for three to five years, and then it will be, that's the way we've always done it. It's magic. After a few <laughs> years of doing it the new way, that's the way we've always done it. except. When you have a past master that comes back after 10 years and well we've always done it that way no we haven't done it that way for 10 years but this yeah. is the last time you were in lodge yeah.
3: like way back in you know before uh you know, before masonry you know like uh puberty um yeah <laughs> that's how it was done right <laughs> uh no it's it's um <clears throat> i think that uh lodge culture is very important in that in that sense of um mm, Keeping things harmonious within a lodge, if, if you have that, that healthy culture, uh, it, it's a great thing. Um, I've seen lodges where, they, where they've had a, a culture uh, in their lodge. And then, you know, unfortunately, some of them pass on to the Grand Lodge above and, and uh, some of those core components are, are, are now missing. And that culture seems a little lost um and, and that can be a sad day for a lot right um because you know when you when you see it so vibrant and and, and healthy in, in one direction uh whatever that may be uh to see that dissipated is pretty sad um hopefully um it it can be revived by younger members that seen it when they came in right you know and uh they have the energy to um uh, re revive it,
0: really. And it's, uh, actually, I got to say that when I did the lodge leadership retreat this weekend, that one of my points of how to run a meeting is you gotta have in mind what the purpose of your lodge is. And gosh, we could have a we could probably have a half dozen uh, uh, episodes on that because it's on my. I maintain a lot of lodges just lurch around and don't really have a purpose, and and they should figure that out. Mm-hmm. And on that cheerful note. <laughs> Um. David and Steve, do you have any uh, any last minute thoughts on the conferences for the Sonic conferences in general or those of this weekend?
3: No, uh, my, my only real comment or thought is I'm glad that the uh, Grand Lodges have um, uh, forged through and figured a way to make them happen for the Brethren uh, in some fashion, be it online is, is the way it is to, uh, for this year anyways. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad that they're you know, forging, making it happen regardless, finding
1: a way to help, and we are totally going to steal that Gramasonic day for Washington.
3: <laughs> hey, well, like you say, why reinvent the wheel if it ain't broke? Don't fix it. And, and if you can borrow it and relabel it, white label it, all the much better, right?
2: Nothing new under the sun. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Well, there was a six-step program that's been around and and relabeled a few times now. We've always done it that way.
1: Imit-
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> imitations, imitations. is a serious form right. of flattery.
0: Most worshipful sir, do you have any uh, any less less thoughts uh, well, on this? No, well, actually, there is a masonic
2: principle here. Uh, by the way, when when you steal another jurisdiction's idea, the the past grand Master that happens to be present at the time is paid off with Irish whiskey. So. You know, you can uh, take care of that. Um uh Bushmill sixteen is fine. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, and as long as you give credit once where credit's due, then you can go from there.
1: Yeah. My yeah. my, my rule is three times. I always say Matt said, Matt always says, and then it says this friend of mine always says, and then it's
0: I always say <laughs> by the time it's the third time it's fine. <laughs> there you go.
3: All right. So, so, I wait, guess wait, I wait. always
0: say uh, thank you for tuning in to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. On behalf of David and Steve, most of worship, Brother Barry, thank you for being here again today. And that is all for this episode. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Stay well. Yeah.